What is up, everybody? I am Sean, and I'm back. Back again for another episode of the Slinging Scuds podcast. It's been a few weeks since I did this, but, uh, you know, life kind of got in the way. Last week uh, was in North Carolina. Spent a beautiful week in North Carolina for vacation. Uh, spent some time at the beach. Played a round of golf on this beautiful new golf course I had never played before called Brick Landing Plantation. If you're ever in the area, it's a beautiful course. Uh, probably way too advanced for me. I'm not a good golfer by any means, but, you know, got through it. Not too bad. Did okay, uh, by my standards at least. But, yeah, it was a, it was a very nice week. couple days interrupted by rain, but really that's nothing compared to uh, what, what places in the south are going through Houston, Florida, and, and especially islands in the Caribbean going through all these hurricanes. Category 5 is just coming one after another after another. So hopefully anybody who has family down there, anybody who lives down there, you guys are safe. We're thinking about you and, and, and hope everything is okay with you guys. So this is episode number 35. It, it, that really doesn't mean anything. These episodes don't really, you know, have any milestones. But, you know, every time we reach a, a, a five, it, it seems like an important number. It's not really. It's just another one. But, hey, 35, that's a good one, I think. We're going to go straight to the Giants. Uh, it's been a while since I talked about those guys. But season's almost done. Nine games left. There are only nine games left. It seems just a few short weeks ago that it was opening day and there were hopes and dreams, but now the Giants are trying to win three more games to avoid 100 losses on the season. So in a way, they're kind of playing for something, I guess. They're playing to not lose 100 for the second time in franchise history. But you know, no, ba- no matter how bad this season has gone, I- I'm going to be a little bit sad when the season ends. I, I-, I just I love watching them every day. And uh, even in September right now, they've got all these off days bunched up. They, ha- they don't play a single Thursday all month. They've got a couple Mondays off, all these off days bunched together. Just just let me watch baseball. Come on. It's probably a good time to look ahead to 2018. It's going to be a long road for the Giants to, first and foremost, get back to respectability, not competing for the worst team in baseball title. And then it's even going to be a longer road to get back to contendership. But Despite everything that has happened this year, and you you may call me crazy, and I wouldn't even blame you. Despite everything that's gone wrong this season, I'm still I'm still kind of optimistic for 2018. Cautiously optimistic, very cautiously, but optimistic nonetheless. Uh, the main reasons that I, I think the team is going to be not only better but a lot better is the pitching staff, pitching staff in the infield. I look at the pitching staff as it is, and I see plenty of talent. Madison Baumgartner, hopefully a full season healthy. Johnny Cueto, you know, regular spring training and no blister problems, no forearm problems. Jeff Samarja, he's been strong all season. He's been hurt by some bad defense and the long ball. But overall, Samarja's had a great year. Matt Moore, you know, the team announced that they're going to pick up his option, so he will be back with the team in 2018. That's a a two-sided coin because – he was so bad for four months, like awful, the worst pitcher in baseball, close to it. Uh, and now in the last eight games, seven starts, he had a relief appearance thrown in there. He's looked really pretty good, really good. A, a 3-2-5 ERA, a, a whip around 1.2. You know, for a 3-4 starter, whatever you're going to plug him in as, that's fine. I will take that every day of the week. If he can – get more consistency, you know, build up and, and mainly get confidence back. I think that's the thing with him is there's a lot going on between his ears and he seems to respond well when the team gives him these, these votes of confidence. A couple weeks ago, he was, 
probably about a month ago now, he was uh, discussed as being skipped for a start against the Nationals. The team decided not to, and he goes out and pitches a beauty. Uh, they pick up his option. His first start out goes sh- six shutout innings. Pitches extremely well. So these little votes of confidence seem to be helping him. Uh, hopefully he can carry that over next year. We, they really do need him. They really need him. Um, and then you have the fifth starter battle. Chris Stratton has been very, very good. 27-year-old finally coming into his own as a pitcher. He's throwing five pitches, really five impressive pitches, four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball, changeup, curveball, slider, all for strikes, all getting swing and misses. He looks like a former first-round pick. Finally, you've got Ty Block in contention, Tyler Beatty, the top prospect. If he can come back healthy, should be able to push for a rotation spot. But it's not a necessity that he needs to be in the rotation. If Chris Stratton can continue this like he's doing now, you know they could have BD head back to AAA, keep, keep refining his stuff, keep learning how to pitch in the professional ranks, and uh, it would be a good thing for him. And then you get to the bullpen. You know, the bullpen has been so hit or miss. It's either one day super lights out and, you know, they're throwing four shutout innings and striking everybody out, not giving up any hard contact. And then the next day, you know, five runs and, and everybody's hitting them. And, but I, I still see a lot of potential. If Mark Melanson gets right, I think he will. If Will Smith comes back healthy, I think he will. You've got Sam Dyson coming over, and he's been fantastic. Uh, he's getting ground balls at a ridiculous rate. Hunter Strickland's been solid all season. Corey Guerin in the earlier innings. Uh, just don't give him inherited runners, and everything should be fine. Steven Okert has been very impressive in September. He's holding opponents to a 063-167-250 slash line since getting called back up in September. One hit in 16 at-bats against him. That one hit's a home run uh, to Charlie Blackman, but... Uh, overall, that's great. And then you add in guys like Reyes Maranta. He's made his major league debut. He looks fantastic. Super psyched for this guy. Then you have Kyle Crick. He's been good all his entire uh, short big league career. You know, he has these little spurts where his control leaves him, which is a problem in the minor leagues. But I don't think it's so much of a problem that it discounts everything he's done. You got guys in the minor leagues like Tyler Rogers, DJ Snelton. Those are all good pieces to have and I think this is going to be a very strong bullpen maybe add another established left-handed pitcher not solely rely on Okert as the number two lefty with especially with Smith probably being eased back into his role when he comes back from Tommy John but maybe a guy like Oliver Perez that is the the guy I would like for them to target and then you have you look at the infield and then you look at the infield and uh, the another uh, reason for optimism. You got Posey behind the plate, belt at first. Hopefully, these concussions can stop. Just stop throwing baseballs at the guy's head, please. Joe Panic. He's looked really good the last month since coming back from his short stint on the disabled list, hitting over 290 now. So he's he's really on fire. Swing looks back to normal. Brandon Crawford has been much better in the last couple months after a really sluggish start and. It's hard to quantify if Brendan Crawford was bad because he was, you know, just playing bad or if he, you know, all these personal things going on in his life were really weighing on him and it affected him. There's, you know, there's, there's statistics for basically everything. You know, you have, <laughs> how does a guy hit against lefties? How does a guy hit in day games on the road? How do, how do they do it 
all these different situations, but there's no way to qualify how a guy is playing based on how he feels, you know? Uh, if his if he's having a rough day and his his wife is you know back home and she's not feeling great if his kids are sick there's there's all these different things that we really don't know about these guys and I would bet on Brandon Crawford uh, hopefully with a normal off season everything goes right and they don't have all these these personal things going on him being more back to normal next year but literally that's only half the lineup there are four question marks on this team heading into next year, heading into 2018 in lineup. Third base is a big one. Pablo Sandoval, besides three good games in the recent week, has been absolutely awful. Um, you know, all three outfield spots, what can you do with the outfield? That is that is a huge question. The main priority, in my opinion, should be upgrading center field defensively. Denard Spann cannot cover center field at AT&T Park. He probably can't cover center field at any park at this point. He just can't do it. Defensively, he's rated as the worst center fielder in baseball. No, 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 no. He's not the worst center fielder in baseball. He is the worst defensive player in baseball. He cannot go out there on opening day next year as the center fielder. They have to upgrade that. The, the player I want them to do that with is Billy Hamilton. I want them to go out there with the Reds Make a trade, get Billy Hamilton to the Giants, put him in center field, and let him track down everything. And getting Hamilton would also give them a true leadoff hitter. He's not a great hitter. I'm not going to try and spin it that way. He's not a great hitter by any means, but he's got ridiculous speed, and the Giants haven't had speed like that in a very, very long time. He is legitimately one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in baseball. He can cover ground in center field. He can get on base and cause havoc for pitchers. He can steal 50, 60 bases a year, and not only that, he can make pitchers not just focus on throwing home. He, they have to think about Billy Hamilton on first or Billy Hamilton on second. And I want to see him hit a ball in, in triples alley and, and maybe go more than a triple. That's what I want to see. Then you have the corners. The left field is, is always a question mark. Every single year it's a question mark. I think at this point they need to add – a proven power bat in one corner outfield spot. A guy like J.D. Martinez is the top target. He's not a great defensive outfielder, but for a guy that can hit 30, 40 home runs, and he has the power to play at AT&T Park, you, know, you can live with somewhat poor defense. It hurts when you have a guy like Pence who's not really hitting the ball well, and he's also not catching the ball. If you have a guy who can at least do one of those things, it makes life a little bit easier. Justin Upton's also going to be a free agent, but he has said in the past he doesn't really want to play in AT&T Park. He, he doesn't like the way the ball carries, and it's a, it's a pitcher's park, of course. So I wouldn't bet on him coming to San Francisco. You get Jay Bruce is another option, but I would prefer that they try and get a right-handed hitter. The right-handed power plays a little bit easier in AT&T Park, and the, the lineup is already so left-handed heavy with Belt, Panic, and Crawford, and, you know, probably Span. let's be honest, <laughs> probably Span. And then, what do you do in left field? I, I don't really want to see Denard Span in left field. I like Denard Span. I really do. I, the Nard dog, he's, he's fun, but, uh, and just, he's not a guy who should be playing premium, getting premium at-bats with the Giants anymore. 
at this point, I would just like for them to trade him for anything. Anything you can get back, try and offload him. I would be a little less upset if Hunter Pence played left field. I don't really want that to happen because I want that spot to be open for guys like Chris Shaw, Stephen Duggar, the the AAA guys that are very close to breaking in. But I would be less upset with Hunter Pence than I would be with Denard's ban in left field. I, I just I don't want uh, Pence covering triples alley anymore. He doesn't have that range. He doesn't have the range to cover that anymore. Basically, I want them to go with Christian Arroyo at third base, get Billy Hamilton, get J.D. Martinez, move Pence to left, and that's – I think that creates a pretty good lineup. Hamilton hitting first, panic after him, then a combination of, of maybe Posey hitting third, maybe Martinez behind him, Belt, Crawford, Arroyo, all these guys behind him. I think that's a, that's a much better lineup. And the Giants need a much better lineup if they really do want to compete next year. They need to be able to at least score enough runs to go with this solid pitching that I think they're going to have. They need to be able to at least do that. You know, Overall, there's a lot of work that needs to be done for this team, mostly offensively. But if they're diligent about it, if they make a true effort to fix mainly the outfield, the outfield absolutely has to be fixed at some point this offseason. They can be much better. They can be a lot better and maybe contend again. But they have to put in the effort. They absolutely have to put in the effort. You know What, what that means, what they're going to do, what happens from there on out, I have no idea. But something has to get done so that every time a, a pitcher gives up a bloop into the outfield, it's not basically a guarantee that it's going to fall. And that has happened so many times this year where a ball falls in front of Pence, a ball falls in front of Span, and suddenly what should be, you know, nobody out one on is one out nobody on, and then they can do all, the offense can do all these different things. They have to fix it. Absolutely 100% have to fix it. Another topic, Ryan Vogelsong officially retired as a giant this past weekend. Ryan Vogelsong, great giant. Great giant, you know. His story, if you're a Giants fan, you know his story. You know, he drafted by the team, a couple years with the team, went to Pittsburgh, Tommy John, then he went to Japan, then he came back, minor league deals, then he came back to the Giants, and suddenly he's an all-star, and he is a stalwart in the Giants rotation. It was great to see him have the success he had with the Giants. He was a great pitcher, and, and to sort of piggyback off that, uh, Larry Bear announced that the team is going to honor Matt Kane on the last day of the season. And um, you'll excuse me if I shed some tears on the last day of the season for Matt Kane's last day as a giant because Matt Kane, I mean, I've talked about him before. Matt Kane was, was basically the guy that, after Barry Bonds, who was my first favorite giant, he was the guy I clung to. The guy I I would, you know, every fifth day, I'd, Matt Cain was my mandatory viewing. And I think giving him this one last day, you know, the final day of the season to sort of get the spotlight, even after all these down years with the team, I think he deserves that. He has been overshadowed his entire Giants career. You know, first by Barry Bonds, the end of Barry Bonds' career, then Tim Lincecum. And then when he was bad, 
you know, he was he was he wasn't the focus anymore. He deserves, you know, that little spot in the sun for that one day and and man, it's going to be emotional to not have a Giants team with Matt Cain 13 years. He's been with the Giants. That's That's wow. Wow, 13 years with one team is I don't want Matt Cain to retire, but at this point, I think that's probably the best thing for him, and it would be, you know, a lot easier to 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 say goodbye to Matt Cain and not have to watch him try and pitch for another team. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Either way, Matt Cain, you know, I love you. Uh, everything you've done for this team, thank you so much. His, his still the first jersey I ever bought, hanging in my closet. Uh, thank you, Matt Cain, for 13 years of fantastic service. You're a uh, uh, the horse you were the horse big sugar i love it okay that's out of the way now we're gonna head straight into the q and a four no three questions here first up jonathan branch the chances that shohai otani becomes a giant i'm gonna put that at like 6.8 percent 6.8 seems pretty good uh Everything I've read has him most likely picking an AL team where he can DH and, and pitch at the same time. If, if that's what he wants to do, then yeah, I would say go to an AL team. It would just be easier on you. I, I don't really think he's going to become a giant. Next up, uh, thoughts about dealing Joe Panic, uh, possibly dealing him for a leadoff hitter. I would like it if Joe Panic stayed on this team because I think he fits perfectly in the AT&T game plan. You know, a guy who has great back control can give you a bunch of different outs that are productive if he doesn't get a hit. Um, Fits perfectly in Bruce Bochy's lineup as the number two hitter. And I I absolutely love Joe Panic on both sides of the ball. I think he's, he's, you know, one of – he's been one of the bright spots this year. There aren't a lot of bright spots, but watching him come back and, you know, hit – Actually hit has been very nice. Um, But on the other side of that, there is the fact that Joe Panic is probably the most easily movable piece the Giants have. He's a young second baseman. He's got years of control in front of him. Very, very cheap right now. So he would be easy to move and he would probably get a great return. But I just I think he fits so well with this team, especially him and Brandon Crawford working together. I don't think there's a better duo in baseball than those two together, combining on double plays. It's it, you know, it's a work of art to watch him do it. There was a game a few weeks ago where it was I think Orlando Caliste playing shortstop and and Kelby Tomlinson at second, and they tried to turn a double play, and it just it wasn't smooth. And you watching that happen. It really makes you appreciate how good Crawford and Panic are together because they are absolutely magical. Just just absolutely magical. I would like for them to keep him, but if they do move him, it would be wise business decision. Ugh. Ugh. And one last question, it comes from my mom. Hi mom, love you. How happy am I with Jared Goff? I am so happy with Jared Goff. He's got his Rams at 2-1. and one. They just beat the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. And in a shootout, a 41-39 to 39 shootout between the 49ers and the Rams, if you had that pegged as the final score, you are a genius. But Goff has, has made such growth. 
He had the full offseason where he knows he's the starter. He got to work with the starters. He's got all this time to prepare, and he's got a new head coach that knows how to put good quarterbacks, take good quarterbacks and make them great. And Goff looks very, very good. He, he seems like he's grown so much more. He's making great throws. He's, he's still got a cannon for an arm, but uh, his delivery with the ball is a lot smoother. It's not as 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 uh, it's more fluid. It's not as long, so he's able to get the ball out quicker. He's able to make his first. He's checking off his first reads. He's not looking exclusively at his first receiver, which is which is I think was a big problem last year because the offensive line in front of him was so bad, and you know there was no run game, so he he didn't have time to make reads and see. Okay, first receiver covered. Second receiver. Oh, oh maybe third receiver. He didn't have that time last year. They've upgraded the offensive line. There's a running game now, so it's not all on quarterback. That, of course, helps tremendously. There's still some things he needs to work on. He's a second-year quarterback. He hasn't even played a full season's worth of games yet, but he he still drifts back when pressure comes. Instead of stepping up or stepping to the side, there's still these these, uh, little things he needs to work on. But overall, I've been extremely impressed with how Jared has looked his first couple weeks this season. Uh, he threw for his first 300-yard game in the opening week, came back with 292 yards and three scores in week three. He looks yeah, just so much improved, and it's, I'm very excited for Jared Goff. And he, he's probably the only thing I like about L.A. sports, you know, and, and it's all because of the uh, the Cal Bears. So go Bears, go Jared Goff, and uh, keep keep growing. You know, it's been fun to watch him grow, and hopefully he can continue to do that. I think he can be – one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. He's got the arm strength. He's got the the uh, leadership abilities, and he's going to be just fine. That's all I've got for this week. It's been good to get back on the horse and, and do this again. We'll be back at it next week with what should be the last podcast of MLB's regular season, which will be very bittersweet. I'm not ready for it. But we're going to do it anyway. So until next time, good night and don't swim anything in the dirt.